0: Welcome to The Christian Working Woman. I'm Mary Lohman, founder and speaker, and if this is your first time to catch our program, we're so glad you joined us. But I want to ask you a question. Are you aware of the nice sounding lies so often peddled today, where we're told to find our own truth, put ourselves first, trust ourselves? In her book, Live Your Truth and Other Lies, Alisa Childers gives us a window into the lies of our culture and Alisa is with me today. Welcome.
1: Hi, thanks for having me again. It's so
0: great to have you again. Last week you shared from your first book Another Gospel and how you were personally impacted by what's called progressive Christianity and the faith deconstruction movement. If you did not hear that conversation, it's available on our website at christianworkingwoman.org. Alisa, when I read this book, Live Your Truth and Other Lies, I truly couldn't put it down. It interrupted all my reading schedule, you know.
1: Oh, that's great.
0: (laughs) But could you share with us what prompted you to write this book?
1: Well, yeah. So we talked last week about another gospel, which is really talking about the theology of progressive Christianity. So I was engaging with more of the theologians that are making claims about things like, you know, Jesus didn't die on the cross for our sins, you know, his resurrection wasn't literal. But then I started to look out and I noticed that you had the theologians that had a, a certain following, but there were these social media pop-level influencers who had millions of followers who were saying a lot of the same things the progressive theologians were saying, but they were saying them in slogans and having hundreds of thousands of people like these posts and share these posts. And I was making that connection in my mind that this is sort of just like the pop level progressive Christianity that uh, is influencing possibly even more people. So where the progressive theologian might say, you know, we deny that humans are inherently sinful, the pop level influencer was saying things like, you're perfect just as you are. You should follow your good heart. Mm -hmm. You know, God just wants you to be happy. Mm -hmm. And so those are some of the slogans we talk through in Live Your Truth and Other Lies. And it actually flowed out of a women's conference that I did in Alaska, where they asked me to talk about cultural lies that are aimed at women. And so I wrote this talk called Pretty Little Lies, and it was my most requested talk at women's conferences uh, for a couple of years. And so it just made sense to me that this needs to turn into a book. And so we changed the title to Live Your Truth and Other Lies because we were also addressing some of the lies that men encounter as well. And so uh, it's sort of just expanding on another gospel, but on more of the social media level.
0: It's really, really good. And in your book, you talked about how our language has become very confused. And quoting you, you write, this is why it has never been more difficult to live as a person dedicated to truth. If we're going to be truth seekers— which is what you emphasize so Mm -hmm. much, we will have to be purposeful and intentional with thick skin as
1: tough as nails. (laughs) Would you speak to that? Well, yeah, because we are living in a postmodern culture. And we talked a little bit about this last week, but Postmodernism is really hallmarked by a rejection of the idea that there is an absolute truth that can be known about reality, especially when it comes to things like religion and morality. So while most people in our culture are not walking around as if truth is fluid when it comes to banking or science or medicine, they do think it's fluid when it comes to religion and when it comes to morality, especially on that morality component, you know, Christian biblical values— it's, it's like I think about when I was in high school, if I held to a biblical, say, sexual ethic, people might have thought I was old fashioned. They <laughs> might have thought I was a goody two shoes. But kids today, if they hold to biblical ethics, I mean, they're being seen as extremists, yeah. harmful people. In fact, I would say we're not far off in our culture from if you have a traditional Christian biblical view of, of the world, you are viewed as an extremist. Yes. And so that's where the thick skin's going to need to come in because we need to get to the point where we're like, you know, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. It's like you can't really be hurt By somebody disagreeing with you or something Mm. along those lines. Although I think we're coming to the place in our culture where people are encountering more than that. People are losing their jobs. They're losing their livelihoods. But. This is kind of an exciting time to be alive, because this is really how the church has had to exist for 2,000 years. We in America here have had the benefit of being founded on a generally Judeo-Christian worldview, mm-hmm. uh, certainly not claiming that all of the founders were born-again Christians, most were, I would say. But we had these theistic documents that assumed a moral mm-hmm. lawgiver. Mm-hmm. And and we so we enjoyed the benefit of that for a long time. That's changing now. So is. we need to get a thick skin. We need to be intentional. We need to not just check our brains as the door and take in every message uncritically we have to think things through we need to apply a healthy skepticism to every claim that we hear and and a healthy skepticism just means you're seeking truth and you don't buy into everything Mm. and i think we need to be more like that in this culture today oh boy we sure do i've
0: often said that self is not our solution self is our problem Mm, that's (laughs) well put yeah and when life is all about me it's the most miserable place Mm. to be It really is. You echo this in your book. You wrote, If our understanding of ourselves isn't rooted in Scripture, it can become easy to confuse taking care of ourselves with the world's idea of self-care.
1: Expand on that. Yeah, thank you for that question. I don't get asked about that a lot, so it'll be fun to get to talk about that. I I think there's a sense in which Christians can go into extremes, right? There is one view where everything physical is just, you know, it doesn't matter. It's all going to burn. And that's actually reflecting... A, a heresy in the first century of gnosticism where the gnostics thought that physical matter was evil. This is why they denied right. the the full humanity of Jesus because they they had this view that physical matter was evil. So we don't want to fall into that. We want to know that as human beings we are immaterial and we are material. Those two things together is what makes us human. We will be embodied forever in heaven. And so we need to take care of our bodies. We should take care of ourselves. I'm a better mom when I get good sleep, when I'm working out, when I'm eating mm. healthy, when I'm providing for my family, good meals. I, I feel better. And I think that's important. We need to do that. But what culture tells us about self-care is that we need to put our needs first and i think that's where culture yeah. goes a little too far you know we we talk about you you read some of these self-help books that i interact with in the book and these people are telling you you know you have to be the hero of your own story you should be the very first of your own priorities right. all everything you want in fact beyond just simply like yeah i need to get a good night's sleep and i need to go take a nap or i need to you know take a shower to feel better they're talking about you need to put everybody's needs on hold so that you can achieve this dream you have and yeah. that means you know you put your Kids, you can leave your kids in the dust. You can leave your husband in the dust. And this is why, honestly, it breaks my heart, Mary, that so many people have come to me after I've spoken at an event and told me that their spouse— Maybe read one of the books I'm interacting with. So one of the self-help books yeah, that, that promote right. these messages, and then decided that they just wanted to go live their truth, and they left their family, mm-hmm. and destroyed this, you know, this mm-hmm. life they had built with their spouse. And so these messages are very dangerous to tell people, you know, to live your truth, and then everybody's just expected to support those decisions, but it doesn't work because it hurts mm-hmm. a lot of people. No, it doesn't work. Ah, uh, that is so, so true. Well. Our ministry,
0: the Christian Working Woman, is dedicated to encouraging and equipping and empowering women, particularly women, but Christians in the secular workplace, to see that as their mission field, to Mm. go there as ambassadors. That's been our mission for almost 40 years. But as you know, Christians are facing more and more assaults to our biblical principles in their jobs and in their careers. I just talked with a woman today who's dealing with this transgender thing. And so how do you encourage, those? who are facing these challenges. Their Mm. job is at stake in many cases.
1: Well, I will encourage you with a couple of things. So I think that, again, because we've enjoyed the benefits of a Judeo-Christian worldview up until now, that's Mm. all really kind of collapsing right now. Mm -hmm. We're not used to thinking in terms of, I'm dedicated to Christ, and that might mean I lose my job. I think we need to get used to the idea that we may lose our jobs. But I hope to encourage you, if you have the mindset Mm. of, I'm going to put Christ first, and I'm not going to compromise my values, come what may, that's a great position to be in. Mm. Because then you can be in the position to have conversations with your coworkers and your boss. Like, let's say I I know people who have been really pressured by their boss to put pronouns in their LinkedIn page or something like Mm -hmm. that. And you have an opportunity. If you've got nothing to lose, because you know you're all for Christ no matter what, Mm -hmm. then you can have a, a conversation with your boss and ask your boss, I want to know, do you consider yourself a tolerant person? You know, the boss is probably going to say yes, because tolerance is king, right? right. And then you can ask, well, do you think it's right to force someone to compromise their moral convictions? Ask questions like that. I see on the docket here that you are for diversity, equity, and inclusion are you willing to accept my diverse opinion? Are you going to give the same equity to me? Are you going to include my moral convictions? These are great questions that you can ask that I'm sure they're not used to being asked. But I will say this, if it comes down to it, a good friend of mine, Frank Turek, who runs the Cross-Examined Ministry, it's an apologetics ministry, he used to work in corporate America training, uh, I'm not entirely sure what he did, but he worked for two major companies. And he wrote a book on biblical marriage. And when these two companies found out, They fired him. He lost his job. He had these conversations, and he lost his job. But what the Lord did was use that in his life to propel him into full-time apologetics ministry which is one of the ministries I found when my faith was in crisis. And so Frank's ministry really helped stabilize my faith and lead me back to Christ. But that may not have happened had he not been faithful Mm. to Christ in that one Mm. area and actually gone through the tragic loss of two different jobs. And so you never know what the Lord's going to do. And so my my charge would be just be faithful. And if you have that attitude of it's Christ— and come what may, then then you're not going to be as intimidated to have those conversations. And God has got you. He will provide for you. Mm. And we need to trust that. We really do. I, and... We know from the history of the church that it's in the hard times when
0: you're persecuted that you grow stronger in your faith and stronger in your voice to the world. And I think we're we're going to be looking at that yeah. if we're and we are already. Uh, but it's so important that you you make this decision. I'm going to stick with Jesus no matter what. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna compromise. No way. And I'm not going to be afraid. Yeah. Because it's fear, yes, that drives us from uh, co- to compromising mm-hmm. and to being afraid. What do we have to be afraid of? All they could do is kill us. That's right. what Jesus That's said, right. right? Yeah. And and Paul said to be with Christ is better than to yeah. be here. To live as so, Christ, to die as gain, yeah. and nobody wants to do that. But still, to have that grounded truth in your head, it, they can't. They can't do anything to me. Yeah. That's Because right. I belong to Jesus. That's right. It's so good. Yeah, it is good. I love the way you put that, to ask the questions back. That's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. That's really important. It takes, it takes courage. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of courage. Well, what would be your final thought to us today as
1: we close, Alyssa? I just think, you know, we need to be people of the truth because the whole world is so confused and that Mm. confusion is leading to all sorts of chaos. We're seeing Mm. skyrocketing levels of depression and anxiety, especially Mm. among young people who are buying into some of these ideas. And so I think that we need to just stop caring who's gonna like us or who's not gonna like us. And we need to get used to the fact that, you know, the gospel brings division. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jesus said he came to divide, you know, husband from wife, mother from from son. And I think that we need to be comfortable with that. I love the way the Apostle Paul put it. He said when basically when you Preach the gospel, he said. We spread the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ. Right. And he said, to those who are perishing, it smells like death. But to those who are being saved, it smells Slight. like life. And the gospel does not have a neutral response from people. People are going to respond one of the two ways. Now we don't want to be jerks about it, and we don't want to sully the gospel with a bad attitude or being mean to somebody, and then have you know a stink because of that reason. But we do need to understand that when we preach the gospel, when we live truly for Christ, mm-hmm. we have a smell. And we are going to smell really bad to some Mm. people, but we got to keep our eyes on the people that the Holy Spirit's working on, the people who want truth, because they're like, oh, I want more of this. Mm -hmm. What is this? What do you have? But not everybody's going to respond that way. But like Paul, we need to spread the fragrance. That's our job, is to spread Spread the the fragrance. fragrance. Yeah, and come what may, Mm. and just be okay with the consequences. Uh, I love it. I wish we had so much more time to talk. But...
0: All of this is in her two books, and I just can't emphasize enough how important it is for you to read these two books. The first one we talked about last week is Another Gospel, (laughs) question mark, and the one today is Live Your Truth and Other Lies. This is, I don't want to say easy reading, but you have a gift of putting it in a way that I just want to keep turning the pages. I really tried to make it as simple as possible, so I I appreciate you saying that. It is. Thank you so much for being with us today. Can't thank you enough. It was so fun, thanks. Remember, last week's conversation with Elisa and this week's available on our website at ChristianWorkingWoman.org.